and welcome to Cheryl Z Writes. I'm your host, Cheryl Z, and welcome to the second episode of my first ever podcast series. I'd like to thank everybody for the feedback I received on my first episode. I expected maybe three listens, with two of them coming from me, but I got much more than that. So I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. A little bit about myself for those who didn't hear the first one. I'm Cheryl Z, and I'm a full-time marketer, part-time writer, and hardcore dreamer who enjoys writing terrible stories about awful people doing horrible things. And this podcast is dedicated to the writing community, book drama, and things like that. You can reach me on my website at www.cherylzwrites.com. All my social media links are out there. I'm also at Feral Cheryl Z on Twitter, which I refuse to call X. So a little bit of housekeeping here. It is 93 degrees here in Michigan, so you might hear a lot of air conditioner background as all my neighbors have theirs on as well. Uh, You know what? Here in Michigan, we don't get any bragging rights when it comes to weather. It's like, oh, it's so hot. It's 93 degrees. Texas is like, hold my hat, darling. And Arizona's like, bitch, please. I never got any bragging rights even when it's cold outside because I used to work with somebody who lived in Fargo and another person who lived in Minneapolis and so it's like oh it's so cold it's 25 degrees and they're like yeah hold my parka baby it's like negative 40 here so Michigan we have weather anyways welcome back to the podcast what I was going to talk about this time was I was going to talk about AI because I know how much we writers just love AI so happy for it but um no something happened and it made me kind of get a little bit nostalgic for a 2017 book drama and I think most of you might know what this is if you're into the book community but let's just say it was a time when reviewers and authors and readers came together which very rarely happens a time when we as a united front said said no to an evil that threatened to collapse an entire community and destroyed the act of the written word itself. I'm talking about Handbook for Mortals. Yeah, are some of you getting PTSD flashbacks? Or at least uh, laughing at the ineptitude of it all? So, (laughs) for those who don't know what Handbook for Mortals is, it's a book, and what a book! It hit the charts in 2017 and hit number one in the young adult community. And it was Handbook for Mortals by an author called Lanny Sarum. And nobody had ever heard of it. Nobody was discussing it. There were no arcs of it. I don't even think it was available on Amazon to buy at that time. So it hitting number one in the young adult community is really strange because If there's one thing you don't fuck with, it's the young adult community. These people are passionate about their books. They're they're not only teenagers, they're young adults, they're older adults, they're elderly. These are ride or die folk. You do not fuck with the young adult community. And this person had the audacity to go to number one, but nobody had ever heard of them, which is unheard of because there's always buzz around new books in the YA community. People really love their books there. So this brought back a few red flags and um, Phil Stamper, Kaylee Donaldson, and other writers kind of came forward and said, um, who is this? Who is this person? How'd they reach number one? And 
the internet finally caught wind of what was going on and the reason why she hit number one and it was removed from the New York Times bestseller list after 23 hours. And so even on the book to this day, which is probably it should be if it isn't out of print, it said 23 hour bestseller. Ha ha ha. Well, see, the issue here wasn't that it hit number one. The issue is how. See, several bookstores um, received calls from somebody saying, do you report to the New York Times? And they said, yeah, we do. And they're like, I'd like to buy 5,000 of the books, please. And then it turns out that it was the author and the publisher who kind of conspired together to get themselves to number one without having to do any actual work or have any actual fans. So, you know, call bookstores, order bulk profit. Uh, it also unseated a very, very, very popular book called The Hate You Give, which was number one at the time. And The Hate You Give dealt with racism and a teen's view of the world seen through someone who had to deal with police brutality. And it was a very much a we don't sugarcoat this. This is real life. This can happen sort of book. While Handbook for Mortals was stuck in Twilight Time with a Mary Sue, which is patterned after the author herself, and we'll get to that in a second. And she had like two guys who really liked her, and she was also magical with a K, because magical isn't enough, it's just got to be magical with a K. So the scam was uncovered, and the book was taken off the bestseller list, and that should have been the end, right? Nah, ha, 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 ha. Oh, you poor sweet doomed children. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the end. Lanny Sarum was not going to give up her fame that quickly. She really wanted her day in the sun. So she went on a woe is me tour along with her business partner, Thomas Ian Nicholas. And if you don't know who that is, welcome to the club. He was the kid from Rookie of the Year way back in the day. And I guess he had a bit part in American Pie and some other films. And he's all grown up now. And... Both she and Thomas claimed that it was the it was the young adult community, you know, blocking out new voices. They were very threatened by her. But Lanny, The Hate You Give, was written by a first-time author. And it had more to deal with because it was an African-American first-time author. And yours is about a wish-fulfillment fantasy where two guys like a character that's patterned after you. So yeah, no. Oh my God, somebody's talking outside my window. Shut up, I'm recording a podcast. I'm keeping that in because they are pissing me off. Real life folk. I'm, I'm on a roll too. I was talking about Handbook for Mortals guy outside my window. Go to hell. Anyway, see, Lanny Serum not only wanted to be the main character in her own book, she wanted to be a star. So the book was not written to for the love of writing. The book was not written for the love of writing. Now, I could actually kind of give it a little bit of a pass if she loved to write and she just wrote a bad book. I, I, can, almost, I can almost give that a little bit of a pass. But she wanted to be a star so much that the inside of the book said that it was going to be a movie in 2018. And it came out in 2017. And she was going to be the star of the movie. Now, there's a lot of things wrong with that. Let's do a breakdown. First of all, if you have a hit book that comes out in 2017, it's not like the next year a movie is made. It's, it takes time. The book has to have a buildup. It has to have fans. There has to be clamoring for it. 
I mean, there are young adult books like A Court of Thorns and Roses that I know my nieces and others are obsessed with that have never had a movie come out yet. So also, full disclosure, I used to work at Barnes and Noble on the weekends. I remember Twilight. I remember, you know, at first it was 14 year olds coming in with black nail polish who loved it. And then after I left, it grew and grew and grew. And then it became adults loved it. And then it got a movie deal. It wasn't like an overnight thing. Like, oh, Twilight is a hit. The next year we're going to make a book. We're going to make a movie and it's going to star all these stars and blah, blah, blah. So there's that. But there's also the issue of Lanny Sarum herself. See, she was 35 when this book came out and she wanted to play the main character in the young adult book that she wrote. And the main character, well, let's say it, the main character isn't even a young adult adult. Like young adult, I'm thinking teenagers. She's a young adult in the sense that she is a young and she's an adult, but she's not a young adult character. Young adult characters are like 12 to 13. This woman in the book was 25 years old. Lanny Sarum was 35 years old. And don't get me wrong, Lanny Sarum's attractive, but she looks like she's 35 years old. And there's no way she could pass for 25 without a lot of filters. So come on. There's nothing wrong with being 35 and looking 35. But when you write a book to play yourself as a 25-year-old in a movie that's definitely going to come out that you bank on because you wrote a book and it became a bestseller because you had nefarious means, then you want to star in a movie based on your book. Well, let's just say everybody gave this the side eye. <laughs> as well they should. Did you get all that? If you have any questions, reach out to me because I I became a novice detective with all this stuff going on. I was so enraptured by the Handbook for Mortals drama and we all were because it was just so interesting to see the audacity of this girl going, I wrote a book. I made it a bestseller. I'm going to star in a movie. I am 35 years old. I'm going to play the 25-year-old character. Yes, I know 25 is too old to be in a young adult book, which are usually teenagers, but I couldn't pass for 18. Anyways, now all this could be, I mean, it made for juicy drama. I'm just going to say it made for really juicy drama. I was at my keyboard. I was keyboard warrior going, oh, this is hilarious. But there was also the fact that the book itself sucked and I mean sucked hard it sucked really badly there were typos throughout the storyline is horrible and I'm not going to do a chapter by chapter recap of the storyline but if you want to find out how bad this book is for yourself without buying it please do not buy it or or if you do buy a used copy but don't say I didn't warn you um, the best one is the Jealous Haters Book Club by Jenny Trout at JennyTrout.com. She has a recap chapter by chapter. It is hilarious. It was so well known, her, her recap, that Lanny Sarum herself went on under a pseudonym and tried to argue with her that, oh, this book isn't that bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we see through you. She was easily, she wasn't really good at disguising herself because apparently she used her own email address when she posted it and saying how great the book was and how, you know, you can find flaws in any book. Yeah, but this book is like a great big flaw red flag. Um, another thing is Bland Book for Chortles. 
as a chapter by chapter recap and also a podcast called A Handbook for a Handbook for Mortals, which I personally found delightful. It was rather cute. So let's get into the book itself. I'm just going to give you an overview of the book itself so you can see how bad this book is. So there's a character by the name of Zade, and we find out during the book that her name is patterned after a thousand and one Arabian Nights, and it's supposed to be Shahrazad. But we're told it's pronounced Zaid. Um, right there. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, Zaid is 25 years old and leaving home for the first time. And she's leaving her mother and she goes to Vegas and she does this illusion act where she uses her magical powers, which we're never really told right away she has magical powers. I guess we just infer it. And she gets a job as the main star of this Vegas show with this David Copperfield character named Charles Spellman because nothing in this book is original. And she meets a cranky guy who is in charge of safety. And he tells her, hey, you need to te teach me your secrets. And she's like, no, I can't because I'm magical. But I'm, I can't tell you that I'm magical. So no, safety is not important in Vegas shows, which is part of the argument that Lanny Serum on Jenny Trout's blog tried to make that, oh, people die in Vegas all the time. It's cool. We just go on with the show. No, you don't. If somebody dies in a Vegas act, things stop. Osha gets involved. This is a big deal. But anyways, she's magic. She has a Vegas show. Everybody loves her. Every single girl in it is either mean-spirited or ugly than her, or they're very shallow. Like they talk about going shopping and she's like, oh, that's so shallow talking about going shopping. In the meantime, this woman, this grown-ass woman has two chapters devoted to her shopping. But when somebody in another character in the book tries to talk to her about shopping, she rolls her eyes and said how, how shallow and horrible they are. But two chapters are devoted to shopping. And I kid you not, this is why you should read the recaps by Jenny Trout and others, because I can't make this up. One of the chapters involves her going to shop in a Las Vegas shopping mall that actually exists and running into Carrot Top and Wayne Newton, and they have a conversation with her. Our character is walking through, picking out a dress to look good for the two guys who are fighting over her. And she runs into Wayne Newton and Carrot Top, and they're hanging out together. They are buddies. Maybe they went to go Auntie Anne's and get a pretzel. Maybe they're going shopping for props. Maybe Wayne Newton wants to test out his newest facelift to see if he can pass as a human. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but that is something that actually happens in the book. And okay, so I mentioned the love triangle. Let's get back to the love triangle because this is hilarious. The love triangle is between these two guys, and one of them is Mac Kent who we found out his real name is Clark, so he's Clark Kent. Again, originality, Lanny, originality. And he's cranky and he smokes because Lanny is somehow permanently stuck in the 90s. And the other is a lead singer of, get this, the Plain White Tees. Now, if you've heard of them, you should have. They are a band that actually exists. However, 
the guy Jackson that she's in love with or that's in love with her, we haven't really figured that out ever, although he's he's such a minor character, you can't even call this a love triangle. It's like her and Mac and that other guy who sings for the Plain White Tees. He's not really a member of the Plain White Tees. He is based after Jackson Rathbone, I believe, from Twilight, who uh, Lanny had a crush on and managed his band for a while. And she managed the Plain White Tees. So she put a real-life band that did not ask to be in this book, in this book, and said, okay, I'm changing your lead singer to so-and-so. And she also included the other members of the band. You guys, she put a real-life band in this book and had a real-life person who isn't a member of the band, although he's patterned after a real-life person. I think she changed his last name, but she's patterned after actor, singer, Jackson Rathbone. Rathbone. Wraithbone? Wraithbone. She's, he's patterned after her. But after him, oh goodness, you guys, it is so hot. It's so steamy in here. Anyways, so you've got this band that exists, a lead singer who is not the lead singer of the band, but is patterned after a guy in real life she has a crush in who is well known, and he's falling in love with her, and she has magic, and she has a magician who we later find out, I'm not even giving a spoiler alert, it's her father. That's how she got the Vegas job. So it's really weird. It's all wish fulfillment and very strange wish fulfillment. Now, I mean, I understand wish fulfillment every once in a while. I mean, I, I would love to be in a book where Sherlock Holmes and Batman were solving a mystery with me. Yes, that is my wish fulfillment. Shut the fuck up. Anyways, how dare you judge me? I judge myself. I'm filled with self-loathing. And also, I like novel Sherlock Holmes. Give me give me long-nosed, big-nosed, asexual Sherlock Holmes any day over Benedict or Robert Downey or any of the others. I said it. Yeah, I said it. So the book, for lack of a better word, as I go on and on, it sucked. It sucked so bad. You should read the recaps. You should listen to the podcast about it because it was terrible. And Lanny just wouldn't give up the ghost. She kept on saying that it was because they tried to give out new voices. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let new voices go in. Um, at one time, she attacked Angie Thomas, who rightfully said, and I quote, get my name out of your damn mouth. Because Angie Thomas wrote The Hate You Give, and it was really good. And Lanny Serum, who is nobody, wrote A Handbook for Mortals, and it sucked like donkey balls. So, <laughs> Lanny, yeah, don't come for the queen, babe, when you are but a peasant, is all I'm saying. So, yes, what I went through, very long-winded, I know, is that this book came out, it hit number one, it hit number one through nefarious means, it really sucked, it was the worst, Everybody made fun of it. The author keeps, I still to this day, think she keeps on trying to sell it. Although I think she's given up on the, it's going to be a movie now, considering it's about five years later. And I think what we can learn from all of this is there's no fast track to success. You can buy all the books you want in bulk. You can get a number one bestseller, but if nobody's interested in it, and nobody wants to read it, you ain't got nothing. I I think in a in a future podcast, I might like 
look into that light lark thing. If you haven't heard about light lark, it's a TikTok book. And the funny thing is I see it as a bestseller every week, but I don't know anybody who's read it. And I asked um, my niece, who is a young adult and reads young adult books, are you interested in it? She's like, yeah, I kind of heard of it, but I'm not interested in it. So let me know if you want me to tackle light lark in a future episode. I definitely will. But the thing is, you can't buy fans and you can't buy good, interesting publicity. I mean, if she had created a buzz about it beforehand, it might have been sort of interesting. There might have been a reason for the bestseller. There was nothing. She just bought books in bulk and then wanted to be a star. And you can't do that. Sorry, babe, your star is faded. And uh, good luck with the rest of your life. And the final thing is, if you don't love writing, don't write. Because I can guarantee you, as somebody who even does it part-time for fun, you aren't going to get famous off of it. We're not always going to be like the Stephanie Myers or the Stephen Kings. We are but the peasants. Thank you. And let me know what you think. Uh, I can again be reached at my website at www.cherylzwrites.com and my voice is slowly going, so I apologize. I'm getting over a little bit of a dry air spell here. Um, and you can reach me on Twitter at Feral Cheryl Z. And I look forward to talking to you in the next installment. Bye.